Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. Today uh, we're going to be talking about a very interesting subject, a subject that some people have very mixed feelings about and wanted to share with you some of our experiences over the last, you know, at least five or six years that we've been implementing this and really the last uh, two years that we've really been powering through it. But before we get into anything, I want to say, hey, Dwayne, what's going on, man? What's going on, man? Everything's good to go. Enjoying the snow. You getting snow today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 70 and sunny here, dude. I'm telling you, it's it's nice. I like it. April's always such a crapshoot. Yeah, it's it's uh, 45 degrees and snowing. Wow. Going down. Going down. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So, yeah, today, Dwayne, you know, our, our the goal today is to, to chat through and share with our listeners about, you know, what we found over the years about getting both decision makers into this entire idea, the whole outdoor living design and building process. You know, I know over the years when I first started that, I'd just be happy to have one person answer my phone, you know, my phone call and and to, to be there as part of the call and to be there as part of the meeting. And, you know, sometimes that would work and sometimes it wouldn't work. And uh, I found as we started scaling and getting larger that we couldn't have that variable, if you will, that uh, that other person in the background who's been silent the entire time and then all of a sudden come time to talk about budget they pop out of the woodwork and can the entire project right and i'll probably a bunch of you out there listening have had that happen i know i had it happen multiple times over my career you know there's got to be a way that we can solve this damn problem that we don't have this objection lurking in the dark waiting to come out and just you know derail the entire project so uh Dwayne, have you found that to be an issue over your career you know joshua it's a big deal and you have to have both decision makers just a part of the whole concept. They have to be. If they're not, the job will get derailed, or especially with you and I, I mean, with our companies being focusedly heavy on design, if the budget is an issue, then closer to the end, the design can be an issue after you've done all the work and gone back and forth. So yes, you have to have both decision makers who are part of the project. Yeah, I can remember situations where you know, I'd go out to client's house and I'd, I'd talk to one of them on the phone and you know we screened them slightly in the beginning right enough to make sure that there's viability there and that they actually want to do a project that we'd be interested in doing and I'd get out there all excited with the client and her husband happened to be there and we started talking about stuff and then I say you know what yeah, so to get started with the next step we do have a design fee involved and you know it's $500 whatever it was back then and she'd be like okay and she'd look at her husband and he'd be like I'm not okay with that when were you ever going to tell me that you're actually paying for this design? And then the entire project, oftentimes the entire project would die right there. And she'd be like, oh, we'll get back to you. I have to talk to him about it and bring him around. It never happens, right? And it kept hitting this wall over and over and over again like that. And, you know, I said, there's got to be a better way to do this. I can't keep taking 
all this time, half hour, an hour, one way to meet these clients, just to sit down and talk to them, to find that at the end that they weren't even willing to pay for a design and they didn't value it. And in, maybe one did in this scenario. Maybe the husband or wife did and the other one didn't and they don't talk about it in the beginning because they want to be you know, excited about the project. And then we end up wasting all that time giving a bunch of free ideas and ending up walking out with nothing, right? So it's very distracting and very nerve-wracking and a big, huge waste of time. And I was finding I was away from my family often, right? I was running out chasing as many leads as I could. Next thing you know, it's Saturday or Sunday. And even those days, I was taking to go out and meet with clients because they were only available at that time or whatever it might be. And we had to call, you know, call it quits on a lot of those things and come up with systems that solve those problems so that we weren't wasting time. It can be a huge suck on your overall time and in your overall efficiency as a business owner. And that's why we had to impl implement that type of thing. So for us, we don't go out to a call or even get on a call unless both of the decision makers are part of it. Now, I need to back that up. When the first phone call comes into our office, the goal is for Becky in the front office. She uh, talks through with them, make sure there's viability, make sure they're good. We have an entire you know, script and layout for that so that she can tell right away whether this is going to be a good client or not. And then that client then is told, hey, you know what, here's our questionnaire, finish this out, next call is going to be with uh, either myself or with Joe in the office. And if that's the case, then, you know, both decision makers, we don't call them decision makers, we say, you know, your spouse or your significant other, it's good that you're both on that call, because we're going to go through a lot of really cool stuff, and uh, we don't want anybody to miss anything or be left out. So anyway, I'd say 75, 80% of people, they make sure they can do that. They make sure that they can both be there, and they've taken the time. And they're the ones that are really vested in this project turning out well. But for the other, you know, percentage of people who decide that they're not going to listen and they show up without the significant others, one of the first questions we ask if they're both there and they say no, then we reschedule the call. We have to reschedule the call and they got to call back. And it, 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 it does piss some people off. You know, there's times where we have clients that, that we uh, chat with and, you know, we say, look, you know, until... You know, we've done this for many, many years, and at this point, it's best to, to make sure we have both you and your wife slash husband, whoever it is, uh, on the call, because we're going to go through some really cool stuff in the next 20 minutes in this discovery call, and we don't want that person to miss one conversation we have, because it's going to be a lot of really cool stuff, and then we go to reschedule the call, and they, uh, like I said, some people push back, and they say, no, 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 this is my project. My wife's not involved. She just said, it's your baby. You take it. You handle it. And then we uh, run into the problem where if, if we say, okay, fine, we'll go on with the call. And the next thing you know, we get uh, deeper into this project and we go to, you know, to the call and then to the project and we get to the house to, to walk through with the client. And the next thing you know, she walks out and she's like, what are, you, what are these guys doing here? Oh, they're here to look at the backyard. Well, I don't want to do the backyard. What are you talking about? I never said I wanted to do that. Pretty soon you're stuck in a position where you're you know, becoming the, the shrink, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, uh, instead, of, instead of actually being a designer there. So... Anyway, the point is that you know having both on board from day one and having that expectation set from the first phone call is going to be critical in you being most efficient with your time. Because if not, they're just going to take it from you. If you give it away, they'll take it from you. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys actually have a really good process. That and I heard how you do it. If if homeowner gets on the phone and you guys are having conversation and you find out both parties aren't there, you actually have a very worded, scripted process to reschedule. Um, here's what I saw, and this is what we were talking about before we start shooting. Whenever that happens to me, I sort of just, maybe, I just sort of broom the whole thing. Like, if, because we have very extensive 
systems that we send out, something that we've developed through the Yes Express cell system that, you know, we send them a calendar invite on the first initial phone call. It's even said, like, it's even spoken upon in there from our office. We're speaking to them and asking them about their spouse or who their others are. We're even saying to them that when they have that phone call with the designer, make sure you have both parties there you mean a part of it. And then when they send the questionnaire in, we actually added something to our questionnaire where it actually adds a spouse's name or the significant other. So while you're filling out the questionnaire, you actually have to put that name in. And so we're sort of setting that that level of standard or what's going on. And then after the questionnaire goes in, we send that next letter out to set the meeting again. It's our calendar invite, but it's a basic, like a three paragraph email that explains the instructions, what we're looking for, um, what we feel you guys should be ready for during the interview. And it has in there, have your significant other in there too. So this is three times that it's being mentioned to them. If that phone call rings and I call and I have the discovery call and the spouse is not there, you don't care. Like it may sound harsh, it may sound tough, but I'm not even rescheduling you. You don't even care. So I'll find out and I feel you don't have your spouse. I can almost tell from that point that I can ask a few questions. And like I normally don't even really go through my scripted questions. I ask a few questions that lets me know where you are. And I either dump the call and reschedule it again. But it's pretty much not rescheduled. We're not going to go far with it. I haven't really seen too many successful projects go off without the spouse. I've had some where I've gone through without the spouse and by the time you get to design it gets changed, the budget is completely changed. And then like you said, I've had some where I've actually gotten to the house and design fee and the husband's looking like, oh I didn't know we were paying a design fee and I'm looking over I'm looking at the wife like dog, didn't we talk about this? Like where are you at? You with me today on this? Like, you got to stand up for me. I just drove 45 minutes out here. You need to tell your husband that there was a design fee. You know what I mean? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> you can see her face light up. <laughs> and it's so much wasted time on both people's sides, right? And, and you know, it, it's really important to have, you know, buy-in from both parties. Because I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I wouldn't be going out spending 20, 30, 50, 100, 100 plus thousand dollars in our backyard or on anything without my wife being part of that conversation in some way, shape or form. And when I get that guy on the phone or even that woman on the phone and says, this is my project and I don't really need to have him involved. He's already given me the green light. I do whatever I want. I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit every single time. It's because the other person's not interested that's often what happens. They might be quote unquote busy all the time, but normally what it is is when we get a phone call into the office, it's the bird dog we call it. It's the, the relationship, person in the relationship that is most excited about the project and they're the ones that want to see it through. So they do all the legwork. They're like, all right, we're going to go out and call this guy, call that guy, call this girl, whatever. And the next thing you know, they get some calls back and they start vetting them and they start figuring out if you actually do what they want and all that kind of thing and trying to get a sense of who they want to you know engage for this project. Well, the other person stays quiet in the background, but that's the person you got to watch for. It's Typically, the quiet one is the one with the checkbook. Now, it's not always that way, but we found it's it's pretty often that way. So if you can't get them both on a phone call, now, it's not the first phone call. That was always going to be a singular person, the bird dog talking to you, but it's the next phone call, that discovery call before you go out to meet with them, right? That's the one extra level of clarity you need to make sure that you're all on the same page. You're going to go through everything that you need to go through on that call to make sure that when you go out there, all you're doing is collecting a check. You're talking and you're collecting a check, and you're moving forward with your design. It's that simple. You want that kind of commitment before you ever leave. Because if you're going to go out there and not know if they're even interested in paying you for what you want to do next, which in the next step is a design in some fashion, whether you charge $100 or $100,000, it doesn't matter. Point is that you're actually asking for a commitment next up, right? And you have to specify that and set that expectation 
for that next step on that phone call. And that's what we do. By the end of the call, we ask them both, both decision makers, of course, you know, if they're cool with the fee that's going to eventually be for the overall project design that we're going to do. And that's the next step to come out and take a look around, make sure we're all on the same page, collect the design fee and get started with the process. So if they aren't, if they stall or if they hold back or if there's any kind of pushback on that, we want to catch it then. Because when you get out there, regardless of your award-winning personality, if, if they're not going to move forward because they've got nine other people lined up behind you to come in and take a look, I'd want to know that before I went out. That's why we created this entire system. And so I wasn't wasting time going out and chasing people that had nine people lined up behind us. And they're like, all right, well, you're one of them. Come out and give me a bunch of free ideas. And then by the end, we're going to decide who is you know, the cheapest one or the uh, the one that will do whatever we ask them to do. And they're not really bringing a lot of value to the table or somebody who's going to take this project and go. Like, you don't know what they're looking for, but let's find that out on the damn phone before we ever even get behind the wheel of the car, spend all that time wasted driving around, going to this house, and they had no intention ever of buying from you. So we're only interested in engaging with with clients who are truly interested in us, that are interested in what we can do for them and not just looking for a warm body with a pulse to show up and do work. You know, because you can't name your price, you can't get what you're, you know, paid what you're worth. All of that doesn't happen when you're just a body showing up to do a job. Yeah, yeah. They have to, both parties have to be invested. I had a just situation in here just recently, and uh, if she's listening to my podcast, she's going to know who I'm talking about, but client, she said her husband wasn't involved, and she said he has nothing to do with the job, and I actually went there and met with him, and he had nothing to do with the job. Like, I actually saw it. Like, he shook my hand and took off and went to work. Like, he had, he had nothing to do with the phone call. He had nothing to do with the first Zoom meeting. He had nothing to do with the site visit. He had nothing to do with the job. So her and I, we get the design done. We get the budget done. We get the swimming pool ready. Swimming pool company comes over, and he moves the swimming pool five feet one way and ten feet another way. And then I get a phone call, say, hey, my husband moved the swimming pool. And I, and I almost like, what? I almost wanted, like, you know, the, the not so business side of you comes out. And, you know what I mean, that G, that gangster in me comes out and like, what the, you know what I mean? What do you mean you move? Like, do you know how long it takes to draw them MF and blueprints? And then you just want to move shit? Like, you know, I got to go back and reposition and re-level and re-slope. Like, there's a lot of work because now he wants to move the swimming pool five feet. So if she hears it, she's going to really be hot at me because she probably knows what's going on because that pissed me off. And then where the swimming pool was moved to destroys it, – it's hard to explain like on a podcast and, unless you really understand. But the yard had a really nasty slope in it. And so the swimming pools was away from these fixed objects. So when you do have to slope the yard, it's a nice gradual slope. Well, if you move closer to these fixed objects, the slope is not so soft anymore. It's very steep. So there's going to be some areas in the yard that's going to be completely unusable because of the way the slope structure and the system is going to work. And I'm like, where the F was he? You know what I mean? Through all these zone meetings, all these meetings. And now when the pool shows up, he moves the swimming pool. Oh, I was, I refused to move the pool. Like I turned into a complete, you mean design Nazi? It's like, I'm not moving the pool. I'm not doing it. You mean one, I didn't, I, it is going to destroy the yard. And I wasn't, I wasn't about to let them destroy the usable space of the yard. But two is like, where was he? Where was he? And that's the kind of objections that I talk about that are lingering in the dark or in the closet. And, you know, I've had 
I've had projects flip over backwards and people come out and do that stuff in the past. And I'm like, never, no. When you have a conversation with both each and every time and they get used to that being the expectation each and every time they have a conversation, whether you're talking about budget or you're talking about the design or you're talking about adjustments, whatever, but you're doing that with both, the entire, you know, everything is uniform as it's moving ahead. All the thoughts are, are on the table. They understand the conversation. So when you're building it, they understand exactly why things are happening. And when somebody isn't part of that conversation, they come home and they happen to be the one that's always busy. They come home and they all of a sudden they see something they weren't expecting because they just took a quick glance at the 3D design that she or he was working on, whatever, and go out and look and like, I don't like the way that looks. That's not what I expected. And then they do exactly that five foot over 10 foot left. And then they don't even think twice about it. Like, yeah, I think it should be over there. And never even realize that maybe there's something on the end of that pool they can't do now that she absolutely wanted was the, like the entire reason why she was doing this project. And all of a sudden you can't do it. And now you're, you're stuck to still have to deliver. And then you can't change their price. They don't want to pay any more money for this. They just want to change things. But if they were part of the conversation throughout the entire process, they would be much more you know, in the know of why things happen the way they were and the slopes and these kinds of things. So we found that doing that and being steadfast on that rule that we always have both decision makers on that discovery call. We always have both decision makers when we do the uh, the presentation, the budget study, and even of any, uh, you know, different revisions with the design so that everybody can be heard. It's so much more efficient. Yeah, it might take a little bit more to get them together, but it's a hell of a lot better than doing the revision for her. And then he looks at it and wants to change something back. And then it's vice versa. And it's just piss and match back and forth until you get something light out. Where if you have them both there, they can have a discussion while you're on a Zoom call or hell, if you're even at their house, you can have a discussion and then you can actually make that very efficient use of your time because you can say, okay, well, yes, it's an opportunity to do it there. But, you know, uh, husband, you know, this is this is an opportunity here. Wife, what do you think about this? And back and forth. And you say, okay, we've come to a common ground. Let's move forward with that. You know, that's that's really the, the key part. But if you have only one person's attention, the other person's not heard. And th- that's just for the revision side. Imagine when the project's completely done and you walk in there and you're excited. You're so jacked that this project turned out so freaking nice. And you walk in there and she's thrilled and he just walks around kicking the ground like, yeah, I didn't get my bar. I didn't get my hot tub. And you're like, you never told me you wanted the bar or hot tub. You know, so it's like, how, how does that even work? You want to make sure they both get what they want. So yeah, that's it's such a, an important topic that so many don't want to manage because they let the homeowner run ragged over them. They let the homeowner make these decisions for them. Like, no, husband can't be available, so that means you only got me. So you have a qu- yeah. you have a question to answer within your own business. Are you going to accept and tolerate that? Or are you going to say, no, This is I know this doesn't work well. I know that there's no way in hell that, that she or he is going to spend money without the, the spouse involved. So why am I going to waste time running out to look at a project or even designing a project when they both aren't there to give us their two cents? And, you know, sometimes during conversations on the phone call, if one of them isn't really bought into the project or really liking the project or whatever it might be, you'll sense it there too, but you can bring them in. You can have conversation like, okay, well, you know, what do you, what do you think, Ted? What, do, what are your thoughts on that? And you can start bringing him in if he's really quiet or bringing her in, whatever it might be, get a sense of what's important because you're going to be marrying these people for lack of better term, right? This is your first date. You're eventually going to marry this person for a short amount of time during this process. And the goal here is that you can both win. That you both, they get the end result that they want and you get the end result and you get paid what you want, right? So that's the ultimate goal. And if you don't have both people involved in those decisions, then somebody's going to get screwed and most likely it'll be you. So, you know, I can sit here and tell you all about how important it is. But uh, what I suggest is that you, that you think about that with your business. You think about 
how much more efficient you could be if you had both decision makers on a discovery call before you actually go out to meet with a client, that both decision makers are at that meeting, they actually go out to the discovery meeting and, and meet with them uh, first time on site, make sure they're both there, and having them both involved throughout. Now, probably thinking, all right, that's great, Josh, if there are two people in the house, but what if what if they're wooded? What do you do then? If they say they're what if widowed. They're, what, if, what was that again? I'm sorry, I missed that. What if they're widowed? No, I said, it, what if they're widowed? Right. There's only one living in the house or somebody's, you know, uh, changing it up or moving out or got divorced and they're on their own, whatever. At that point, we go with one person. You know, obviously you can't pull somebody out of, uh, out of the graveyard, you know, to go in. So it's like, hey, totally get it. We'll go in with one. I've had plenty of widowed clients that turn out to be incredible clients. But, you know, what, what gets a little bit strange is when they get into the girlfriend boyfriend thing. Right, they own a house and they have a uh, girlfriend yeah. boyfriend, kind of the you know not married that kind of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I find that uh, they're like, yeah, it's my it's not my girlfriend's house, it's mine, so it's going to be my way or the highway kind of. And I've already gone, I've taken the bait, and I've taken that. I'm like, that, that makes perfect sense. This is your pad, you know. She's just kind of coming in and out, whatever. You guys aren't committed, whatever. Maybe you're living together, maybe not, whatever. But at the same time, when I get in there, it seems like in in this scenario that I'm thinking about, it was the 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 girlfriend who took over. She was the yeah, one telling him what he should and shouldn't do. And I'm sitting here shaking yeah. my head like, wait a minute here. He's telling me this is my house. I make all the rules around here and this kind of thing. And she took over. And he just sat back and looked ahead like a little sheep. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you just never know what that means. It's crazy. Yeah, that boyfriend and girlfriend is a weird energy too. Like um, a lot of times, he, you're like, I'll paint the picture for you. It doesn't matter who owned the house. It could have been the boyfriend or the girlfriend owns the house, but they could have lived in a house three, four, five years, just been living there and living there. And so the new person comes in, the boyfriend or girlfriend, they look out in the backyard like, oh, shit, we got to do something with this backyard. They're the ones. It's not the one who lives there who owns the place. It's the one who just moved in, looked up, said, I can't live like this. My standard doesn't allow me to live like this. I got to get some sweet shit in the backyard. But you mean, when you have in the meeting, the person who owns the house wants to really be a part of it. But it's really that other side. So that boyfriend, girlfriend is a really different dynamic, too. Like, I don't deal with it a lot. But when you do deal with it, you know, it's a dynamic. And, and, and sort of, Joshua, to add to a lot of these, if you're in our industry and you're trying to grow and just really understand this dynamic, you really got to start understanding that dynamic. You can't go in there and just hear what you hear and want to be about you. You really got to start analyzing the words that are coming out of both parties' mouths. Like you got to really go really in depth on what's being said, what's being done. Like you and I, we have a lot of years behind this, so we could speak on this subject and we sound like just complete expert and pros, but I mean, I don't flop this several times in the past 20 years that I've been doing this. I just said the wrong thing and become friends with the wrong side. And next thing you know, I lose the whole thing. Some courses that you could take that really helps. Take a look at, you I mean, this is counseling. This is marriage counseling. We're really marriage counselors. So taking some courses to understand Give me what the dynamics are. Um, I went through, remember you and I went through the Tony Robbins and then like a few, like maybe a month and a half later, I went through like the landmark form. And the landmark form really, really helps you understand the thoughts and, and the reason why people are doing things. And so like when I go to somebody's house now, like I really use a lot of that landmark training. And now I hone right in on, okay, now that's why the wife, why she said that. Or why is the wife doing this? Or why is the husband doing this? And then you can see the dynamics when you can see the control factor. 
like you'll find one who's really quiet. A lot of times, it's not really that they have the pocketbook. It's just the other party is so dominant and so controlling that the quiet person is scared to speak because if they speak, everything they say is going to be wrong and they could get attacked for it. So I really watch these dynamics and it's actually helping me even pick the client. Like when I find that type of dominancy in the household, I don't even want to work with them, period. Like I know you tease me like, Dwayne, you can't be brooming everybody. Josh, we broom everybody. <laughs> Every If you don't fit the mold of a really great client, boom, you're gone. You're gone. Like, you mean, just what we were talking today, I have several clients who are on some high demands. I'm trying to figure out who to fire. You know what I mean? Like some one of you are getting fired because I'm not dealing with it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I don't want to be challenged, but I can't be owned, you know? There's, there's definitely a fine line between that. You know, you're, we're all here to serve. We're here to do amazing work. We're here to, uh, you know, to, to constantly grow. But when you start feeling like you're being used, regardless yeah. if they're paying you or not, but when that disrespect starts kicking in and they just start demanding things, that's when you have to decide, are you going to tolerate it or not? You know what I mean? If you have yeah. both decision makers in on that process so far, you tend to get more of a balance. But if one takes over and is more dominant and they start to try to control you, you again, you have to like put your foot down or just get ready to be trampled the entire time you do this project. And I was guilty for years of just taking it, right? I'll just take it. It'll only be a couple of weeks or months. The project will be over and that'll be that. But man, the stress and the the sleepless nights and the just the, the nonstop barrage of, of negativity that comes from those people that just keep demanding it's not worth it. It's just totally not worth it. At a certain point in your life, you're like, you know what? Life is just not worth living like that. And at that point, you have to say, look, I'm just done tolerating those. So when you start sniffing those people out in the very beginning, to Dwayne's point, you start sniffing them out and they start getting demanding on the first phone call or, no, I'm going to handle this. My wife doesn't need to be part of this or vice versa, whatever. And then at that point, again, it's the first date. If it's not, you're not jiving on the first date, why are you going for a second date? Why are you trying to get it, you know, engaged going in there and getting a design deposit or fee? Why are you going to get engaged? Why are you going to get married to do this project? You know, it's, ugh. So the nice thing is now with it being as busy as it is, you can be a lot more picky on your clientele. Obviously that flows a bit with, uh, with economy. You know, when things aren't as good as they are now, then people think, you know what, I'll just take whatever I can get. Well, when you start that mentality, you start getting a lot of crap and you start taking a lot of crap and you start hitting your job because... It feels like you're being used and abused, and that is a choice. So yeah. don't be afraid yeah. to fire them. I'm actually uh, doing really good on saving up like rainy day funds, like because I like this energy. I like this no energy. Okay, so in order for me to keep up this no energy, <laughs> I gotta be willing to say no and still be able to have the bills paid. So I, I'm going through it at least getting you be the emergency fund saved up. So I can say no to keep saying no to people that I don't want to do business with. But you know what's happened is the more act the more I say no is actually the more abundance is what I get anyways, what I know it's the other way around what people think. People think if you say no to too many that you lose your opportunity. No, it's actually more. Like we get more and more and more jobs coming in. Yeah, I mean the word no is such a, such a powerful, powerful word. It's you know oftentimes we as, as humans we don't want to use that word, especially to clients, because we're told that the client's always right. So you got to kiss their ass, which is a load of bullshit. But anyway, their client's always right, and the fact that now we have to always say yes, it's always a yes. You got to yes them to death, right? And that's the the fastest way to becoming used by a client. So when you start setting ground rules and, and things like we want both people on this phone call, that's going to set a precedent that you're in charge. 
And not that you have to be you know, some kind of a tyrant. That's not the goal. The goal is just to say, look, I'm a professional. You wouldn't tell your lawyer or your doctor that you know that you you can't do something they asked for if they said you know hey bring your spouse in i want to talk to you about a treatment or talk to you about a, a new whatever policy whatever it might be you're going to say okay yes whatever you say and you're going to they're going to bring them in and there's no reason why that we as outdoor living design build professionals should not get that same treatment and if we keep tolerating it as an industry that we're just uh, chucking a truck shows up whenever they call 15 minutes later, you know, get you an estimate kind of thing. And that's what, that's what you do. And more people do that, then people get used to it. So if we start telling them, no, look, if you want to have our time, there's certain rules that are attached to that. And you don't say it this way, but this is the basis of it, right? There's very nice ways that we paint this picture where they actually feel like they're not feel like, cause it is in their best interest, but that, you know, that they, they say, okay, well, yeah, it makes perfect sense for my spouse to be their significant other because we're going to get the most out of this and we want the best results, right? So of course that, that makes perfect sense. You're not going to say it's our rule. Both of the decision makers have to be on this call. If you say that, nobody's going to listen. They're going to be like, screw you. I don't like rules. Nobody likes to be told what to do. But when you say something like, all right, guys, you know, we've been doing this a long time and in the last X amount of years, whatever, how long have we been in the business? We found that we get the very best results in our projects when we have both you and your significant other, you and your spouse involved. So, you know, what I'd like to do is reschedule this phone call to make sure that we can go into it because the next 20 minutes that we're going to spend together are going to be the most impactful in the entire process, the entire experience you're going to have with us. So I want to make sure that whatever their name is, insert name, is part of this entire process. I don't want them to miss out on one thing. So we're going to reschedule this call, set up another time that we can chat, and we'll go from there, okay? And they all say yes, or sometimes they get bitchy, and they're like, well, well, no, that's not going to work. We'll say, I'm sorry, guys, but we're not moving forward until that happens because I want to make sure we're not wasting a lot of time. And some people just broom off, but the way I look at it is like they just save me a lot of time. You know, because if they're not willing to follow a process that is designed to make their life better, to give them better results, more efficient results, potentially less cost, if they're that ignorant, if they don't know that or can't see that, then you probably don't want to do business with them. Yeah, it's um. This is a book I was reading. I don't know if it was written by Eckhart Tolle or somewhere else. Like, like Josh, I've been reading so many books lately. I forget the names of the books and I forget the authors. I just I know the story, so I'll be telling you one thing about Grant Cardone, and it sounds like it's Eckhart Tolle. Like, bro, Grant didn't say that it was Eckhart Tolle. Like, my brain is fried, bro. Like, it just it's too deep. But I was reading one, and he said the more humans that that are around on one idea becomes an information beacon, like a tower, like, you know I mean, like a, a radio tower. So the more brains that we have in into interconnection, the more power we can fire off out there. And so having that, the spouse, the husband and wife, and then you as a designer, having that interaction together, I mean, it really helps drive the project forward. Like, let's face it, I, I know you and I are really we both really have, like, I thought that it was designed that we were the great company for, okay? Because, hey, we do great design. Then I thought, well, maybe, and I'm getting to a point here, well, maybe it was the installation, the quality of construction that we're a great company for. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to realize is it's moving the project forward to the final product is what we're really good at. Like, we can take a husband and wife team and they're used to, they saw a paper patio before that it was maybe a fifteen dollars or $20,000 budget. We can figure out something together as a team and get a project together for sixty, seventy grand, And it's something they really like and enjoy and it's something that they feel helpful about. And so by having those 
everybody involved, we can start maneuvering things as a team and as a unit to getting the jobs that we really want. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but every single time I present numbers to a client, it's always over budget. It always is. It always is. And so by having the team together, we can start bouncing ideas. Okay, hey, what would what, what happen if we use this project or, or move this product over here or change the space over here or do this over here? And then we can start whittling down the budget or figuring out the areas that are most important and we can create a project that matches. But, but just by having that one, that wife or that husband there, we don't have that synergy. And a lot of times the jobs don't even get done the way we really wanted them designed. And that, that's sort of what I see. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on with that. And, you know, it, it's really about setting that expectation in the beginning that they're both there, because what you don't want to do is waste time and build a bunch of, you know, space that uh, works for one and doesn't work for the other, because they just were too busy to be part of that conversation. Nobody wants that at the end, you know, they want to live with the regret for sure. So it's, it's super important to keep that in mind as you're moving forward, guys, with your, you know, your outdoor living spaces, get everybody involved from the very beginning, you decide, you decide whether you want them to be part of every call, every meeting, all that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, the more you get them involved, the better results you're going to have, the, the higher level of raving fan you're going to have. Because ultimately, Dwayne, that's what this is all about, right? You you mentioned about bringing designs to life, which is something we love to do as well. But for us, it's more focused on the client experience. We're taking that client on a journey because people have done outdoor living spaces maybe once, maybe twice in their life you know, as a homeowner. So with that being the case... Most don't understand. It's not like buying a car where they do it every three to five years or whatever, you know, or buying another phone where they do it every year or two. This is something that they do once or twice in a lifetime. So they need somebody to guide them along this journey. And that's why we'd like to use that narrative, that whole journey narrative and say, we're going to take you on our wing. We're going to walk you through. We've done this thousands of times, you know, and I know you guys haven't. So it's a matter of understanding what's what's possible, what you really need to be comfortable outside and making sure you don't have to live with any regret at the end. Like that's, that's the ultimate target. So by doing that, having both of them in Involved, we just have a very amazing opportunity to build that rapport and build that that raving fan culture with our clients. You know, there's there's some that we feel like we're family by the end because we've had you know conversations. We know when the kids' birthdays are and where you know what they're going to be doing outside and the things that they need to have to be comfortable. Like we really get to know them intimately, which is really cool about this entire process. But again, it's it's a longer project. If you're doing shorter projects, a couple of days or whatever, might not need to be such a big focus. But remember, at the end, if you want to have raving fans that are out there selling you and your services when you're sleeping, that's ultimately the goal, right? If you want to do that, you better get them both in there. You better knock both their socks off. And you can't do that with one because the other one most likely won't be satisfied for some reason because they were never heard. They were never part of the conversation. You didn't care enough to ask them. So making it part of your uh, kind of qualifying session in the very beginning is going to be important for you to be able to really, really drive it home and build your business a lot faster with a lot less advertising and marketing budget because these people are doing it for you then if you build that raving fan base mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's just being able to understand that in our industry is the key it's like you know it's not just like let me th i think you and i have already gotten past if if they're listening to the podcast by this point they know we're not just about the paver patio anymore you know, we're about to experience the outdoor living space and that this is just another one of the things i learned in flight school we're always talking about different tips and tricks you can throw in your tool bag because, you I mean, being up in the air is so unpredictable that anything can happen any given second time, any given time. So having these little tips and tricks in your tool bag, you I mean, can help you grow 
and maneuver better. You may not always use them every single day, but if you know that little tip and know that little trick, you can launch yourself forward. So being able to understand that this dynamic is very powerful and it's so important and so crucial, you mean, to dealing with any homeowner and any type of jobs, this is a very powerful tool to have in your tool bag. Like I said, Joshua, I'd say on your side is you have a really good way of dealing with that client when they don't have, like I heard you say it a couple of times, I should have written it down, but you know, just my mind, you know how shit just goes through one ear and out the other. Then one day I end up saying it like, oh, I heard Josh say that. And I'll, I'll give credit to Grant Cardone, even though I heard you say it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's how my mind works, man. You know what I mean? But you're, this is so raw on being able to do this and transfer that over and get that to the client so they can understand. And, and here's the other thing, too, is add, let's add some more to it. Add the human element to it. Whenever you do have those two clients, it's actually a very beautiful thing because you see them working together on a, a common goal. And especially now that we're, we're doing a lot of these Zoom you mean meetings, these video meetings. So it's, it's sort of forcing you to get eye contact with everybody and you can really see the synergy within the husband and wives and then you can really see the teams that are not really teams at at what's going on and you can sort of see what's going on you can hear the whispering you mean like you guys I'm on here I can hear you I can hear you you mean stop talking about me <laughs> I heard you I heard that I didn't raise the price over there I didn't that's just what it costs you know what I mean I'm teasing but um so if you keep you, uh, whispering, you, I'm going to go up 10%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's it's just that synergy that you have. And then it's the respect of what they have for you. Because these things have to now be, these meetings have to be scheduled throughout the day. And, you know what I mean? And just one of the other conversations we had before we hit recording this podcast is like, I sat down here and I'm like, I'm getting tired. You know what I mean? Like I'm wore out. Six meetings yesterday, football game, uh, chiropractor, you mean this morning, flight, and then everything else on top of the day, and then tomorrow, another flight, and all kind of stuff, and then meetings. Like So when, they act, when you actually do have this meeting, you have the husband and wife, they had to plan it too. They had to talk to each other and say, hey, honey, Dwayne or VizX is having this meeting today. What's on your calendar? And so now when it comes coming close to that time, they're talking about the meeting. They're talking about the ideas of what's coming together. So we got them in their household talking about it. And I'm telling you what, you have a very high chance of getting that deal close and having a successful project. Like you can sell a job all day you all day long when it's done. You mean the, the wife and spouse are arguing, but when they are working together on this project and the way we're sort of, I wouldn't say the word forcing them, Joshua, but way we're creating that synergy within them, we have better successes on a final job too. Yeah, exactly. It's more profitable. It's it goes a lot smoother. You don't have these hiccups where Clients start to change things in the middle because you've gone through a design process. They're both on board. It's just a much smoother, smoother project for everybody. And again, making money is a lot easier then because you don't have all those uh, you know, change orders and, and uh, other things that pop up in the middle of this entire project. So that's the yeah. important part. But uh, I mean, this is a, a big topic. I'm sure we'll revisit this at some point for sure. But if you guys out there listening, if you need help, getting into how, how to integrate this into your business or through your sales process or hell, don't have a sales process and wanted to incorporate one, it's going to save you time and give you tons of great information all before you decide to go out and meet with that client and spend your precious time to go out and meet with them. 
We'd love to have, uh, you know, talk, see if it's a good fit for you guys. We have that through our sales mastery program and same with the design mastery side. If you guys are looking, you know, getting started out or want some polish on your design style, come on in with us. We'll teach you some cool stuff we've learned over the last 25 years of peace here and bring you into our live groups where we have a very collaborative, you know, mentor based uh, environment where everyone's helping each other grow and you know, it, it, it warms my heart every week when we ask about everybody's wins and, and all the stuff that these guys are doing. You know, just a few months ago, they were barely able to close a screen door. And now all of a sudden, they're uh, they're out there closing, you know, five and six figure projects and building them. And it's it's just so, so incredibly humbling and beautiful to see. And uh, I love it. So thanks for joining us, guys. Dwayne, any, any parting words here before we wrap it up? Uh, no, just, uh, thanks for, uh, tuning in and let's just, uh, keep the, the shows going. Sweet. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back to you next week with another episode of, you know, outdoor spaces. Thank you.